This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Talking Points. This is your host, Brian Kelly, The Points Guy. And before we dive into today's episode, there's one thing I want each and every single one of you listening right now to do. Sign up for our new refreshed daily newsletter. Just go to thepointsguy.com slash newsletter and sign up today so you don't miss out on a single deal. This episode may feature offers that are subject to change and are offered by our advertising partners. ThePointsGuy.com is a free website, so we do advertise in order to generate revenue. For a full listing of our advertising policy, go to thepointsguy.com slash advertising. Today, we've got a very special guest, Ramit Sethi of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, the newsletter, the lifestyle. Ramit, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And now I'm sure people listening are saying, I want to be rich. So what is <laughs> I Will Teach You To Be Rich for those who haven't heard of it? So I started off writing a book. Some people may have seen this extremely bright colored book in bookstores and Amazon. And I know it sounds like a weird name, and yes, I was sober when I created that name, (laughs) but it actually is about automating your finances, learning how to invest, avoiding Wall Street scams. So I started off writing about money, and eventually I wanted to teach people that rich can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Like for you, it might mean taking your family to China and staying at an amazing hotel. For other people, it might mean funding a school in a different country or paying for your retirement early. And a rich life is what you make of it. So mm-hmm. over time, I've built up you know, a million readers a month, and we create video courses, and we do all kinds of stuff. But it ultimately started with getting financially savvy and using psychology to help with your money. I think that's really smart because I know uh, – so before I started The Points Guy, I was actually in credit card debt in college. I yeah. mean people – I think you know one of the biggest travesties of our generation is like millennials especially. We were not taught – to you know, balance checkbooks really, or like to think about financial security and how small decisions can make big changes down the line. So, you, what are, what are your thoughts on the people that say cut out the avocado toast oh and then God. you'll be rich? Oh my God. All right. <laughs> First of all, I love that you asked me that because here's the typical two pieces of advice, and I hate them both. Number one, don't spend money on lattes. Um, if you if you cut back on your morning latte and you save that money, after 32,000 years, you'll be able to buy a nice coat. It's like, go to hell. Yeah. I don't want to well, live well, like that. By the way, if I wasn't caffeinated, I would not be nearly as successful. Bingo. <laughs> and, and that afternoon break to go to Starbucks, sometimes the only one that I get is like the breath of fresh air and creative burst that I need. So. I agree. And then the second one is the avocado toast one. As if people are simply spending money on these random things, and that's why they can't get ahead. Now, I will say this. I think most people 
in America, and most people listening, you could probably do a better job with your finances. Let's be honest. Take a hard look in the mirror, and you can start to think about where it makes sense to improve your finances. The second part, though, that nobody talks about is instead of focusing on these random $3 purchases that actually don't add up to anything over the long term, focus on a few big wins. Get the right job, negotiate your salary, automate your investments, even if it's 100 bucks a month. If you do all those things, the five to 10 big wins in life, you could buy as many appetizers, lattes, and avocado toasts as you want. You will still live a rich life. And now what's your background? Are you a, a financial planning expert? Like, how did you get into this? <laughs> well, so I'll tell you what. For those of you who can't see me, uh, I'm an Indian guy. My parents said when I was uh, in high school, they said, look, if well, they didn't say if you want to go to college. I'm Indian, so I definitely <laughs> was going to go to college. They're like, look, you need to find a way to pay for it because we have a big family. We don't have enough money saved up. My parents are immigrants. I said, great. And I love thinking in systems. So I built a system to apply to about 65 scholarships. And I ended up paying my way through college, undergrad and grad school. The first scholarship I got, they sent me the check. Now, here I am like a 17-year-old kid. This is around 1999, 2000. And what do I do? I take that money and I say, I'm a genius. I'm going to invest it in the stock market. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I thought it was Just so Just go cool. to the casino and put it on black, why don't you? It probably would have been no, better. No, we got two years. <laughs> I lost half that money right away. And I started realizing, man, maybe I better learn how this money thing works. So I'm studying all the books. I'm reading about actual financial management. At the same time, I'm studying psychology. And I'm studying persuasion. I'm studying how people actually work. And you remember that book, The Emperor Has No Clothes? Mm -hmm. Everyone's saying something, but you just know it's not true. I'm hearing all this advice. Uh, cut back on lattes. Don't, don't buy jeans. Don't do anything. Just retreat into a cave for 50 years, and maybe, just maybe, you can have a rich life. And I said, I don't want to live like that. And so I started developing my own philosophy. I started helping lots of people in college through my blog. Eventually, I had a couple hundred thousand readers a month. And like a laboratory, I would test my ideas. And finally, I learned how to help people automate their money, start to earn more. Here's a quick little question for everybody. How come all the financial experts talk about cutting back, but none of them talk about how to earn more? And the answer is they don't know how. Mm -hmm. So we can not just cut back, but we can actually earn more and live a rich life that way. That's how I started. And that is sage advice. What do you, I actually just downloaded the app Robinhood mm -hmm. because it actually... So, I'm curious your thoughts on it because in one way it does cut through all the crap. Like I, for example, wanted to, you know, and I have play money. You know, I'm not investing. I've got money's in the markets, but I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to like do a little bit of day trading. I'm, you know, I like gambling, and I mean, but that's really what it is. I mean, it is like yes. high stakes gambling in your pocket so easily. Like, but but on the other side, it does make. I wanted to buy Bitcoin last year just for fun, like a couple. And it was so hard to try to figure out the exchanges. <laughs> and like Robin, it's super easy. I bought gold. I'm actually up 12%. Wait, okay. So I will say I might quit my job as a points blogger, although it's not hard because I got in right when the market was low. <laughs> but so what do, you, what do you, do you recommend apps like Robinhood that make it so easy to? No, hell no. Yeah. I can't, you just said every word that's like the worst <laughs> words in the world to me. Gold, Bitcoin, day trading. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm going crazy right now. Here's the deal, guys. All right, I'm cashing out today. I'm taking my $12,000 win. So, okay, not bad. First of all, congrats. Whenever you talk to these Bitcoin fanatics, yeah. okay, you always ask them, they, they come to me, they're like, Ramit, you're so stupid. You got used to 7% returns. What an old man you are. I'm like in my <laughs> mid 30s. I'm like, what? And then they go, you're so stupid. Bitcoin is the way of the future. It's going to the moon. And I just ask them one question. I said, what does the rest of your portfolio look like? Yeah. And it looks like all the life has been drained from their eyes and the light has gone up because they don't have a portfolio. Yeah. They took all their money and they put it all on yeah. black, which right. is Bitcoin. So for you, 
I'm like, God bless. You have your money in yeah. the rest of the market. You're diversified. If you want to take 5 or 10% and have fun, do angel investing, yeah. gold, Bitcoin, be my guest. The vast majority of people who are doing they're gambling this, their lives. they're gambling. Yeah. And they don't understand what a diversified portfolio means. In fact, yeah. they scoff at it. Those will be the first losers. They are what's called the dumb money. And you do not want to be that. Yeah. You know, I actually feel dumb when I sold the business and years ago. I got a private bank advisor and they were charging me a point and oh a half. Oh, my God. And it, I, really, I felt hosed on that angle, too. Like, too much advice. And these people, I'm still in their private equity deals that have no end in sight. Yeah. It was such like a – so I can see uh, from the average consumer – and. You know, the point of today's podcast is not to get into financial advice, but I have you. So, but what do you think for the average person yeah. who wants, you know, do a market fund? Like, wh- what do you recommend to cut out the middleman yet also protect yourself and not just completely, you know, gamble essentially in the market? So, there's a lot of really sensible things you can do with your money. If you were to take one thing away from financial advice that we're talking about today, it is to invest your money in a target date fund. Now, what is that? You basically decide how old you're going to be when you retire. For most people, you can just assume 65. And they have funds that automatically take your money and and diversify it. And as you get older, it automatically makes it a little bit more conservative. This is great because you don't need to be sitting around picking stocks. Investing is not about picking stocks. That's a huge misconception. All you need to do is take as much money as you can every month, put it into this fund, and everything else works automatically. So you can focus on making more money yeah. to put it in. <laughs> and you can also live outside the spreadsheet. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people think that I'm sitting there typing in Excel every day. Like, I spend less than 90 minutes a month on my finances. My rich life is outside of the spreadsheet. It's outside with my friends, with my parents. It's traveling. That's what I want to do. And I bet most of the people listening do not want to sit around fiddling with Excel. Now, how does it play into So obviously, credit cards, when it comes to traveling, and our, re- our listeners, readers know that you know credit cards can save you a massive amount mm-hmm. if you pay them off and play the game right and um, just being smart about your finances. What is your personal credit card strategy? Are you a crazy points guy? Do you, do you dabble in these dark arts? Or I do. I'm not as good as you. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I got to text Brian and be like, dude, what am I missing here? <laughs> so th- this is what I do believe in maximizing credit card points. I have quite a few. Um, and part of it is just my business spend and personal spend. I'll tell you something funny, though. I think your readers are, like, way savvier in general than I am. And I decided I wanted to learn because I had this huge spend that I was running on my business. And I'm like, what am I missing? So I went online and I asked some people, who can do an audit of my spending and make sure I have the right cards? And I got a lot of people who were like, yeah, I can help you. And my first question to them is, what hotels do you stay at? And most of them were like, uh, I stay at hostels. I'm like, not interested. <laughs> so then, then I had some people who were like, okay, I've worked with CEOs, da, da, da. I can help you. So I had this guy come in, uh, Chris Hutchins, and he runs this financial yes, site called Grove. Yeah. He's super savvy. Here's how I knew I wanted his help. He goes, all right, Ramit, let me tell you how I get some extra points. He goes, I stay at SPG hotels. He goes, I always, I'm staying alone. I get the twin beds or the dual beds so that I get the extra points for not having my room cleaned. I just go over to the other bed. I use the other towels. I'm like, oh, that's a smart This trip. guy's a genius. <laughs> I mean, he's really drilled it down. So he went through all my spending. He worked with my assistant. And we basically built this massive, like, 15-page playbook on what to spend when. But it all kind of boils down to Chase Sapphire for personal travel and dining out. And I use Cashback Alliant mm-hmm. uh, for other cashback spending. Got it. Smart. We're going to take a quick break. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So you just got married and went on a six-week honeymoon? Yeah. Around the world. Yep. And you took your parents. So first yeah. of all, what did your wife say when you were like, let's, let's bring my, my folks on the first portion of the uh, honeymoon? Well, it's funny. We both independently came to this idea, which is one of the reasons I love her so much. I mean, we both love our parents. We both, they're both alive. They're healthy. They love each other. They hang out alone, which is like a real treat. That's awesome. And so, you know, by the time we got married, we knew that we were family oriented. And uh, we both kind of came up with it. And it was so funny, the reactions, because some of our friends were like super supportive. They're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Others were a little bit weirded out. <laughs> and, and I get it. If you're going on like a seven day honeymoon, yeah. you probably, it probably doesn't make sense. We knew we were going on a long one. And so it was, it was amazing to be able to invite our parents and tell them, just show up at the airport. And oh, so it, both sets of parents. Both sets came. of parents. Came. Yeah, that's the treat. Oh, it was magical. I thought it was just yours. No, no, no. Both of them came. And, oh, that's cool. And it was amazing. Like, my wife's parents had never traveled abroad, so they didn't even have passports. So imagine they get on a plane with my parents. And it was so funny. They, they, they arrived finally to Italy, and they were like, oh, yeah, it was so surprising that, you know, we ended up on the same flight. I'm like, that wasn't <laughs> Like, I had to move heaven and earth yeah. for that to happen. But they came, and it was amazing to watch their eyes because think about how most parents travel, right? We thought about our parents. My parents had four kids. Not a lot of money. I'm one of four as well. Yeah. And I was just thinking if they were to come to Rome, they would have come in this hot summer. They would have planned out every place they went based on how much it cost. And so for us to be able to be like, don't even think about it. Just show up. And we gave, you know, we took private tours of the Vatican. Mm -hmm. We took them to a cooking class. Both the moms had never taken a cooking class in their whole life. They've been cooking 30 plus years. And we just hung out the dads bonded i mean it was one of the best memories of our lives that's amazing i travel with my parents quite a bit i try to do one big trip a year and that uh that would be a dream to yeah to do that um so you did four different destinations which so you did italy what were the other three and and how did you put this together okay so we started in italy then we went to kenya for safari then india and then finally thailand we had originally just thought of going on a seven, eight-day safari. Like most Americans, we kind of think like one to two weeks. That's yeah. it. And I remember we were out at dinner with some friends, and we were telling them our plans, and they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. Like when we went on our honeymoon uh, like 20 years ago, we went for six months. And my wife, now wife, and I look at each other, we're like, what? And then the next couple was like, yeah, we took a year off. And we walked out of that dinner like, Were are? they Americans or were these Australians? Yeah, they're Americans, but I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I would have thought Australians. Yeah. So as we walked out, our mind was kind of blown because we realized, hey, we can actually dream bigger. And because we run our own businesses and as long as you're financially able, like, what if you actually push the limit on how big you could dream? So at that point, I started using my systems mind. I started researching travel agents and tour operators. And I actually discovered, like, so much about the travel industry, how it works, who does budget travel, luxury travel, adventure travel. 
And uh, eventually we settled on, we worked with a, a firm called Scott Dunn, and we went to them and we said, like, this is what we want, this is our dream, and we worked through the itinerary, and it was amazing. I mean, we showed up at these places, and they kind of got our vibe. We wanted ultra luxe hotels. Were you we, able to use points for, like, the flights and hotels? Mm, or the you, the yeah. flights, yes. The yeah. hotels, no, because yeah. that's their business model. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, man, I got all these points, like, burning a hole in my yeah. pocket. We use them for flights, but we wanted to blend ultra luxe with also, like, street food yeah. and local culture as well. So how long... I love safari. I actually yeah. just took my parents to South Africa. Oh, my a, God. To, you know, I, and actually, I, they've been to Tanzania as well. We've done two. So how long, how long did you stay in Kenya? Because I also think with safari, though, like, three nights... Especially because you're spending like 14 hours a day on yeah. the game drives. That by the end of three, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, like. But did you spend a whole week? Yeah, in, we spent about safari? eight to ten days. Um, and like some of the magical things I remember. One was we took a horseback riding safari. Oh, awesome! And we were in the middle of this herd of giraffe. Oh my! God. And it was like Jurassic Park. Just to be able again that rich life to be able to experience something you never even conceptualized or mm-hmm. conceived of. At that moment, I was like, it was like watching my own life through a movie. Yeah. And so that was one. The parents was another. In India, you know, I've been to India many times because my... F- Your uh, parents were both born in India? Yeah, they were born there, and my extended family's still there. Um, but I've never gone like this. Uh, when I've gone, I stay with my family. And, and if we go to the Taj Mahal, we take a train, we go for the day, we come back. This time, we stayed uh, at my new favorite hotel, which is the Uday Velas. Uh, in Udaipur, mm-hmm. it's just, everyone who listens and reads has probably seen a photo of this place. Um, we were honeymooners, so they put us in the most secluded area. You have your own pool. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And we also didn't just want to stay behind palace walls. So, like, one night we uh, went to a, a local woman's house, an auntie, and she made us dinner. And we just talked to her for two or three hours. How do you live Oh, you had an arranged marriage for your daughter. How did that work? Mm. And we just talked and learned from her. So it was stunning to go from the palace walls to this local woman's house. And did the travel agent help organize that? Because I know a lot of people want to travel like a local, but it can be difficult, especially if you're planning on the Internet. Like, how do I just sync up? with Yeah. So you recommend doing with the travel agent or at the hotel. I'm sure they can. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So um, I think a great travel agent can help. And I think for a lot of millennials, particularly, they don't really think of using a travel agent. But I found immense value in them. They helped us do the ultra luxe things that we wanted. And, of course, we had a lot of perks that were offered along the way. But then these local things, we would not have been able to find it on our own. Yeah. So India travel. So I've only ever been once, and it was uh, I went to Goa and Mumbai for a fancy event. Dude, we got to go together. I would love to. So India, so and and especially the north, my my chief of staff, he got engaged in Udaipur. I think at that... Uh, Dodge or the Uday Villas, probably. I think it was the Uday Villas. Yeah. But I, I've never done the North. Um, <sighs> and it's funny, actually, that there's a gay prince of India. Okay. Um, and he invited me to his castle, and he's been on Oprah. He was. Actually- I'd just like everyone to just listen to what you just heard from Brian. <laughs> the gay prince in India invited me to his castle. Yeah. I mean, can we just pause it's, for a and second? And he Instagrams me. He's like, when are you coming to India? So <laughs> i got to get to India again this year. So how many times have you been to India? Oh, uh Five to ten. So I went a lot so when I was a kid. For too. listeners out there, yeah. I think a lot of people want to go to India. We hear, you know, you hear the naysayers. You know, oh my god. Okay, I oh, already know what you're going to say. Yeah. It's dirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many poor people. When, okay, as I was on this honeymoon with my wife, I started Instagramming, and I. Where can people follow you on Instagram? At Ramit R A M I T. Thank you. And I started showing different. You know, of course, like the horseback safari. But when I was in India, it totally blew up. 
number one, it's the most visually stunning uh, place you've ever seen. And I don't just mean beauty. I mean the contrast of beauty and poverty, food, colors. The second thing is two or three or four days into it, I had so many people that were DMing me and saying, wow, I had thought of India as Mm -hmm. this dirty, dusty, impoverished place. You've shown me a totally different side. And I was like, first of all, India Tourism Board, are you you watching my (laughs) stories? Because this is unbelievable. But I think that so many people, they're so conservative when it comes to traveling. And look, if you want to go stay in a nice uh, W Hotel in Amsterdam or Europe, like, great. It's going to be clean. You know what you're going to get. It's going to be very American. If you want to go to India, somebody told me this. They said, if you have the smallest desire, you should get on a plane and go. If you don't, you should never go. Yeah. Go with somebody if you can. Either get it arranged through a tour operator or go with an Indian person. But when I was showing people the magic that they can actually see, like, for example, when we arrived at one of the hotels, we're walking in and they dropped rose petals on our head. Why? Okay, that's a nice luxury. Why? Because they used to do the same when the king arrived Mm. on his elephants. And when you see, wow, how does this lake work? It's actually owned by the royal family who still lives in that palace. Mm. And then, of course, the food. This person who's making this food has been doing it for five generations. Like, this to me is unbelievable. And it opens your mind about travel. So Udaipur, Jaipur, Rajasthan, those are all indisputably beautiful in certain ways. Now, what do you recommend people on their first trip to India? Like, do you go to Mumbai? Do you go to Delhi? Do you think it's too overwhelming? Or (laughs) what would your recommendation be? Um... So I used to say yes, um, definitely hit Delhi up and like go into the craziest markets of all. I now take a bit of a softer approach. <laughs> I think you, you Udaipur is a beautiful place to start or anywhere in Rajasthan. Mm-hmm. Jaipur, you're going to get the markets and you're also going to feel at home because, you know, some nights you might say, you know, what, I just want more of a Western style meal. Yeah. And they have that. If you do that and you're actually like, oh, my God, this is like unbelievable. I got to come back here. I would say then go straight to Delhi next time. But I would not mind... If people skip a few cities, like there were even times I was in Agra. We saw the Taj Mahal. There's another big monument there, and we actually skipped it. And people were like, oh, my God, how could you not go see that? And I said, look, part of being abundant is not having to check every, every single box. box. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, last question about India. So our number one review of 2017 was Air India business class. It was oh a, my a total meltdown. Yeah. Since then, we've we've had reviews, and, and the services, it's hit or miss. Uh-huh. As an Indian American, do you do you fly Air India? No, don't, don't do it. I'm just gonna look. I'll tell you guys the tell truth. Tell me how you really. I'll tell feel you when it's me. good. I'll tell you when it's bad. Yep. Like, you know, you're asking me about these companies, Robinhood and this and that. Like, I've always said it. I will teach you to be rich. I will always tell you the truth. Sometimes to our own detriment. I'll tell you the truth. Look, I'm not gonna fly Air India if I have a choice. So yeah. find a different airline. There's a lot of great ones. And your last trip, one of my favorite places to visit, to scuba, to just chill, to be immersed in culture, Thailand. Yeah. I mean, I, if you have a bad time in Thailand, <laughs> you need to really rethink yeah. your life. It's not them, it's you. you. <laughs> yeah. So Thailand was amazing. I had been to Bangkok before and a few other places. And this time we, we knew that we loved food. So Bangkok was all about food. We always take food tours whenever we travel. It's one of our favorite things to do. It, it's local culture. It takes us to places we would have never experienced. And we just eat crazy stuff. So Bangkok was awesome. Uh, we also went back to one of my uh, uh, favorite restaurants, Isaya Siamese Club. Nam was also amazing. These restaurants are great. And then street food. So awesome. The final capstone of the whole trip was in Phuket. We went to uh, the Aman, Aman Puri. 
and that was my first experience there. And but that was your first Amman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was that's abso- the original one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely incredible. At one point, one of the most memorable things. I mean, of course, it's very luxurious, and you feel very um, private and secluded. But the the general manager came up to us at dinner one night, and he said, "Is there anything I can do for you? Welcome, etc." And I had, I had told my wife, I said, at these kind of places, if there's anything you want, just ask, because odds are they'll find a way to do it. So she said, you know, I really love these spring rolls. Is there a way for me to get the recipe? And the general manager said, let me speak to the chef. Chef comes out five minutes later. He says, I'd love to arrange a cooking class for you tomorrow. So they arrange a private cooking class (laughs) for her. And they take her back, and they make four dishes. They even said, okay, I know your stove isn't as hot, so this is how you tweak it when you're at home. She walks away with these beautiful photos, beautiful memories. She's now making spring rolls all the time. I'm the ultimate recipient. (laughs) But I thought to myself, what an amazing memory that they created for us. And when I asked them, one other thing they told me was, I said, how do you think about the guest experience here? And the guy looked really surprised. He's like, oh, no one ever asked me that, especially honeymooners. I don't want to waste your time. I'm like, dude, this is what I live for. He goes, when you come here, we like to treat you like family, which is just words. Mm -hmm. But then he said, think about it. If you went to eat at your parents' house, would they give you a bill? I said, no, of course not. He said, when you come here, you will never sign anything on property. They knew who we were. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Satie. We just got up and left when we were done eating. And it was just like I love, family. I do love that about Amon because yeah. that, that's I never thought about it. Like that's why they do that. You know, I always struggle, especially in a country like Thailand. Amons are expensive wherever you go, and and people will grouse. I know whenever I stay at a nice hotel in Thailand, how dare you? You can yeah. stay. But yeah, I mean that experience is like it's all about the experience. You know, mm-hmm. a room is a room. You know, you can get a hostel anywhere or a room, but staying at a, a place like that. I, I agree. I don't think it's for every day. Yeah. Like I, I'm perfectly happy staying at a, like a very budget airport hotel when I need to, yeah. I don't mind it. But I do think that there are moments in life where you say, I truly want to go as far as I can on this. And I have this concept uh, on my site where I talk about money dials. Think about like a dial in your on your car radio. And most people have one or two money dials that they just love spending on. For you, it's travel. And so you can turn that money dial all the way up and you can stay at Amman's, Ritz-Carlton, wherever it is that you love. Um, some people just couldn't care less, yeah. but they love clothes. A lot of people love convenience. I love convenience. That's mine. So if yeah. you know what your money dial is, then you can go all in and you can spend extravagantly on the things all you of, love. All of those money dials, I just checked the box, so I'm screwed. <laughs> but I don't have kids, so whatever. Um, so you had an amazing six weeks. What would you change? I mean, mm. if you had to do it again. I would have planned out at least one day every two weeks of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. And I realized five weeks in, one day in Bangkok, that I just wanted to cancel our entire uh, days plans and just sit in bed. And where did you where did you stay in Bangkok? Um, we stayed at the Como, and um, we basically we I realized we hadn't planned a weekend, even though it was our honeymoon vacation. Yeah. But we had been going every single day, waking up at five a.m. for safari, and I would I would really think about uh, just downtime, mm-hmm. even among vacation, and that's the one thing. But beyond that. I mean, were you bored by the end of the six weeks or were you? I'll tell you something truthful. Like I, going into it, I was a little nervous because I never spent six weeks 24-7 with one person, even my wife. And I told her this about five weeks into it. I said, you know, I was a little nervous. That's a real test. <laughs> it, I mean, eating every meal. And the truth is, like, I never got bored. We did have times at meals where we would pull out our iPads and we would just 
look at that and check email or whatever. Yeah. But you know, when you're with your partner and you're just you're vibing, yeah. there's no getting bored. What are some of the things that you're going to take away from this trip now that you're back? Well, by the time we were in Kenya, which was about two weeks into it, we realized we wanted to change our lives and actually add travel to it as a core component. So we decided we want to travel four times a year, three domestic trips or maybe Mexico City, something like that, and then one big month-long trip every year. And, of course, in order to do that, we need to make sure we're hitting our financial goals. We need to make sure that we can do it. But we decided we're going to try to build a life around that. So I started, you know, I was posting these stories on Instagram, and I was blown away. People were like, oh, my God, I've never seen these countries. I've never known you could travel like this. And I'm sure your readers, you know, for a lot of people, when they first start out, they're like, traveling is going to a beach for four days, doing nothing and coming home. And perfectly fine. But there's also a different kind of travel. And that's the kind that we wanted to do. So we ultimately decided we're going to create a program. We're going to take a small group with us. One domestic trip per year and one international trip. So the first trip this year is going to be to India. And for a very, very small hand-picked group, they're going to come along with us. We're going to show them the crazy sights. <laughs> we're going to actually teach them. Yeah. It's not just about like staying at the coolest And is your wife hotels. going to? Yes. And we're going to show Two people. Two for one deal, kids. There you go. <laughs> And we're going to show you, like, here's what's going on in India and travel in a way you've never even thought about. So for anyone who's interested and you want to see what that type of traveling is, go to my website. Go to IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com. Sign up for the newsletter. That's how you learn about it. And honestly, I can't think of something better than to create new friendships, new relationships with other people like that. And what can people expect? So with you, so is it do you do everything? You, do, you pay one fee and then you're going to cover most everything? Or do people pay... How are you structuring it? Yeah, so... Um, can people use their points for flights? No. Oh, for uh, flights, yeah. yes. Yes, they can do whatever they want. Please be my guest. Yeah. Just show up at a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as for the rest, we handle it. So if you see the way I travel, which is, you know, I want to stay at nice places, but I also want to experience local culture, food, art, that kind of thing, um, there's a certain type of person who wants that. And you probably know there's not... Your travel style is very different than other people's. So it's not about convincing anyone. It's about finding people who you fit with, and then you you select each other together. Sounds like an amazing experience. All right, Ramit, we're running out of time here, but how can people – so you have your daily newsletter yep. at IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, uh, on Instagram, at Ramit, any other ways. Twitter. I, I always like to let the end – I'm a self – shameless self-promoter <laughs> – Promote away, I buy your it. book. How oh many my. copies of your book? You were a number, New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah, so there's a book called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Um, it's on Amazon. It's at all the bookstores. You can buy hundreds of thousands of copies sold. And you know what? To tell you the reason I wrote it was I got the same 10 financial questions, and I just wanted people to stop asking. And I actually wanted people to start early because even one year of starting early can make you tens of thousands of dollars in the long term. So I don't like quacks. I don't like Wall Street. I don't like companies that take advantage of ordinary Americans. So I wrote the book so that people could say, this is the right way to save money, earn money, invest my money. And if you do this, you will live a rich life. Well, Ramit, you sold me. Uh, and as our readers know, I mean, saving miles and point, using miles and points can save tons of money and to live that richer life. So thanks for joining us. Congrats on your marriage and safe travels. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of Talking Points. A huge thanks to Ramit Sethi for his interesting dialogue on travel. And I think I'm going to book a trip to India right now. 
Again, I'm your host, Brian Kelly, and this episode was produced by Caroline Chagrin and Jessica Robniak with editing by Ryan Gabus. Our music's by Breakmaster Cylinder, and a special thanks to Adam Kotkin and Mike Bruno. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded this podcast. But more importantly, tell your friends. The more people we have listening, the more episodes we'll make. And if you tag me on Instagram at Brian Kelly or use the hashtag talking points on social media, I might even give you a shout out. See you next week. And until then, safe travels. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.